You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast marks my one-year anniversary as the host of the show, and I just wanted to take this opportunity at the beginning of today's episode to thank everyone that has ever listened to any of my shows here with the Locked On Podcast Network covering the Tennessee Titans. It is an absolute honor, an absolute pleasure, and an absolute joy to talk about all of this stuff, not only on the show with all of you guys, but also on Twitter, and you can follow me at Tic Tac Titans, also Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or whatever platform you prefer to stream. I am just incredibly honored and thankful to have this opportunity, and it is a blast to talk about the Titans and break down all of the X's and O's Monday through Friday with all of you guys. So thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. But with that heartfelt sentiment at the beginning of the show, we have to kind of dive into a tad bit of negativity. There were two major injury scares at Titans practice on Tuesday that we have to talk about and that kind of got my mind moving as to what would the Titans do if these injury scares we got from Tuesday's practice turn out to be serious. We got reports on one of the players injury already. We haven't got report on the other so got to go over those injuries to start our show but then that is going to lead us into a conversation of what three agents are still out on the market for the Titans, and I want to focus on the veteran free agents, guys with real NFL experience that they can draw from. If the Titans got into a pinch with some of the absences, the extended absences they have seen in training camp, and then these two major injury scares, if they come to to be something serious, where could the Titans go from here? So we will talk about that, and then to cap off our show, we will start sort of our season preview, looking at the other opponents in the AFC South, so I will preview the Jacksonville Jaguars to cap off our show, so a lot to talk about on the injury front, what the Titans could do after those injuries, and previewing the Jacksonville Jaguars on my one-year anniversary of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! are no stranger to absences and injuries during training camp. We have seen extended absences from important rookies like running back Darrington Evans and cornerback Christian Fulton. Also seen extended absences during training camp from secondary members, cornerback Kareem Orr and safety Dane Crookshank. Also on the offensive side of the ball with wide receiver Cam Batson. And some of those, most of those absences still extend to this very moment. We've also seen the widely discussed absence of Vic Beasley the first 10 days of training camp where he was completely absent and aloof from the team. Then once he actually arrived, we saw his absence from the practice field due to being placed on the non-football injury list because Beasley couldn't pass a physical once he actually arrived. So the Titans are used to absences and used to injuries and dealing with those. But at this time, none of those injuries or absences were considered to be long-term the severity 
of those injuries and absences were considered to be at least relatively low, at the minimum, not extremely high. Well, that changed on Tuesday when we saw two Tennessee Titans players carted off the practice field with what appeared to be major lower body injuries. And we saw one on offense and one on defense. On defense, we saw rotational outside linebacker Derek Roberson carted off. And that is of major concern to the Tennessee Titans as they already had a depth and talent issue at the outside linebacker position, mostly because of the absence of free agent signing Vic Beasley. That leaves the Titans with standout linebacker Harold Landry, second-year player DeAndre Walker, who missed the entire 2019 season with injury, outside linebacker Kamale Correa, who is considered more of a rotational piece than an actual starting caliber linebacker, and then we have two players who were brought into Titans training camp this year as undrafted free agents from 2019, and that is Wyatt Ray and then Jamal Davis II. Now, that doesn't leave the Titans a lot at the outside linebacker group. It is of note that inside linebacker Rashawn Evans was one of the best pass rushing linebackers in the league in the opportunities that he was given last year. So that can help supplant some of the reps needed, but the Titans are most certainly in a precarious situation at the outside linebacker spot. Now, Roberson's injury hasn't been confirmed at this time. We just know that he was carted off at practice with what appeared to be a lower body injury. So that is something to monitor going forward. The other injury was on the offensive side of the ball, and it's a little bit more relevant, and it comes to Titans starting right guard Nate Davis. Now, since that injury was reported, we have gotten additional reporting that Nate Davis's injury luckily appears to be just a cramp and not something major and long-term, but it leaves the Titans to wonder what they would do if that injury were more serious as back up guard and a guy who started for the Titans last year when Nate Davis wasn't quite ready to assume that starting role is Jameel Douglas. Douglas missed practice on Tuesday with an apparent injury as well. So that's something to consider. Now the Titans do have a decent option there in Douglas if he is healthy and Davis's injury is a little bit more severe than is being reported at this time. Douglas had a 59 overall grade per pro football focus last year, a 45.3 grade in pass protection, but a 64.1 grade in the run game, and that's actually better grades than we saw from the starter in Nate Davis, who had a 40.9 overall grade per pro football focus last year, with a 45.5 pass protecting grade, and then a 47.0 run blocking grade. So if we go off pro football focus, Douglas was actually a better player last year. Now, per the film that we have watched and seeing Davis for the majority of the Titans season, it is absolutely fair to say that Davis is the better player, but the Titans don't appear to be in a terrible spot if they have to go with Douglas at guard. But like I mentioned, Douglas was injured and was not at practice on Tuesday either. 
here. So it does leave the Titans in a interesting situation, and it leaves us to wonder, will they consider a veteran free agent on the market at either the outside linebacker position or the guard position going forward? Which just so happens to be a phenomenal segue into our next segment, where we take a look at the veteran free agent market as it stands at the beginning of September. What if the Titans do sustain any sort of long-term injury and want to bring in a veteran to fill that spot? as opposed to one of the developmental guys they have in camp right now. Well, we will take a look at their options at a few different positions of note. Before we do that, I want to tell you guys a little bit about rockauto.com. And I have mentioned this before, but rockauto.com is the perfect way to shop for auto or body parts for your vehicle. Almost all of shopping at this moment in time is done online. It's much more efficient. You get a better price. You get it delivered to your door. That's how American society has gone now. It's gone to that online shopping model for obvious reasons, most of them being efficiency and especially with everything going on right now with COVID-19. It makes all the sense in the world to do your shopping right at home and take advantage of the amazing rockauto.com catalog right at your fingertips. Apply that philosophy to your auto parts experience. Rockauto.com is a family business and they have been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can get all kinds of different auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to new carpet to tail lamps, even motor oil. They have everything that you need for your classic or your daily driver. And the best part is you're going to get the same price no matter who you are. So let's talk about the downfalls of going to a chain store. One, you're limited by the amount of stock that they actually have available when if you shop on rockauto.com, you don't have to be limited by what's actually there physically in the store. Also, a lot of those chain stores are known to have different price tiers, whether you're a professional mechanic or just a do-it-yourselfer. You're never going to run into those problems at rockauto.com. Best of all, rockauto.com's prices are always reliably low. So make sure that you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that they have available and make sure that you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box right underneath your shipping information. Once again, write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So taking a look at some of the injury absences from Titans training camp and now heading into regular season prep that may have the coaching staff and the front office and potentially the fan base uh, a little concerned, you start to think about some of the injuries that I mentioned in our last segment. Christian Fulton at cornerback has been out for, it feels like, seven practices now. Same with rookie running back Darrington Evans. And both of those guys were expected to make major contributions on this team and needed contributions on this team, quite frankly. The Titans have to have a a worthwhile complimentary back to Derrick Henry now. They 
They just have to. They can't run him into the ground like they did last season, or they're just going to completely limit how long his career could possibly be. Similarly with Fulton, I don't need to make a big case there about how important he was. He has been manning the slot with the first team defense when he was healthy. And since the Titans don't have Logan Ryan anymore, that is a very important role that has to be filled. And now what would have to happen if Fulton is out for any extended time now you'd probably have to move someone like a Dory Jackson into that slot cornerback role and then have someone on the outside and you would instantly think of a name like Jonathan Joseph but Jonathan Joseph is in his late 30s. He was brought here to be more of an assistant coach and a mentor in a limited offseason than someone to actually contribute out on the field. So now we're talking about you know Ty Smith going out there, uh, Kenneth Durden possibly going out there. You look at somebody like, although he's, you know, dealing with injury, a Kareem Orr who's had an extended absence due to injury in training camp. So you start to look at some of these, some other absences from Tuesday's practice, uh, a Jameel Douglas to go along with Nate Davis being carted off, Derek Roberson to go along with Vic Beasley still not looking like he's going to be healthy anytime soon. Roger Saffold sat out on Tuesday. This is not the first time that he's missed some practice. Now, earlier in training camp, it was due to a death in the family, but we don't know what this absence is from. And then seventh round pick defensive back Chris Jackson also missed practice today. So I think it's fair at this time to be a tad bit worried about the depth along the interior offensive line, specifically at the guard position. And then I also think that it's fair to worry about the talent and the depth at the edge rusher position. If the Titans have to rely on DeAndre Walker, uh, Wyatt Ray, and you know Jamal Davis, that's, that's dangerous territory right there for the Titans who already have seen the impact that not having a competent edge rusher opposite of Harold Landry, what that impact can be on the defense and the, the slide, the regression that we saw Harold Landry have at the back half of the year last year when he didn't have that competent partner on the other side. So we have concerns at interior offensive line at guard. We have concerns at edge. I talked about the importance of a complimentary running back. So we have concerns at running back now with Darrington Evans. And it's not just about, especially with the younger guys, like I mentioned yesterday, it's not just about them missing the time and needing to get healthy to play. It's all of the valuable reps that they're missing during that time when they need to get ready to play. So it's it's a multifaceted issue for the Titans here. And then we're seeing some cluster injuries in the secondary. Crookshank or Fulton. Chris Jackson. So the Titans are just one injury away from having a slew of cornerbacks and defensive backs out. So they may need to look at a veteran cornerback. And here's my angle with the cornerback position. So uh, the Titans were looking for a slot corner. They got Christian Fulton. Now, if Christian Fulton were out for any extended time, they'd most likely, like I mentioned, have to move a Dory Jackson inside. So they might be looking for a veteran boundary cornerback who can come in and start and actually help them out in a pinch and be ready to go in this limited offseason. So with all of that in mind, let's look at the best remaining veteran free agents at guard, at edge, at running back, and at cornerback. So let's start at the guard position. There are four names that I had written down here and all have uh, varying levels of interest in the names that I have. First, Larry Walford. Walford spent time with Detroit earlier in his career, made three consecutive Pro Bowls with the Saints the past three seasons. The Saints cut him 
him, though, is his name is more valuable than his play at this moment in time. Walford is still a good guard in the NFL, but he's certain, certainly not a Pro Bowl caliber guard at this time, but a very experienced and talented player in the NFL, has played in 101 games in his career, started all 101 of those games. Now, Walford, schematically speaking, is a better fit in a power scheme or a, a man-blocking scheme. The Titans obviously run zone, so not a great schematic fit, but a, a talented guy who's a veteran and has a ton of experience that the Titans could look at. Josh Klein, someone who played with the Titans for three seasons, has played 92 games in his NFL career, isn't necessarily the athlete needed to run the Titans zone scheme. He had issues in Minnesota trying to run that scheme. At this point, I think with his limited athleticism, he's more of a power or gap type guy, but that experience and that familiarity with Tennessee and Nashville could give him, uh, you know, a potential option in Tennessee. And then some options that I think make sense, Ronald Leary, the veteran guard who's had time with Dallas earlier in his career and then spent time with Denver recently, played in 77 games, has had some really good seasons as an above average starter. I would say he's about average or below average now, but again, a veteran with experience. And then Kyle Long, who spent his entire career with the Bears, Announced his retirement earlier in the offseason, but then said in June that he wasn't necessarily retired. He was fired, and he would consider coming back and playing. Tennessee could be a perfect situation because the team looks like they're willing to contend. They have a very solid locker room and a very renowned offensive line group, so maybe the Titans could get someone like Kyle Long, who was one of the more talented guards in the league when he was healthy, to come back and play for a team like Tennessee. Moving to the edge rusher position, just want to give an update on Jadavian Clowney here. Because we have talked about the names on the market, a return of Cameron Wake, Jabal Sheard, Ezekiel Ansa, Clay Matthews, Terrell Suggs are all veteran options, but Clowney, per Charles Robinson on Tuesday, basically it's the Titans and the Seahawks now. Clowney is wanting $15 million or more, but... Because of the developments with Yannick Ngakwe and his trade and him taking a haircut on his salary to go to Minnesota from Jacksonville, which we will talk about more in our next segment when we preview the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe took a haircut to go down to $12 million from $17 million, and that hurts Jadavian Clowney's market as well as Ngakwe is, is just as productive of a player as Clowney, if not a more productive player. So that's the update on Clowney. It's down to the Titans and the Seahawks, essentially and Clowney wants $15 million plus and the Seahawks and the Titans don't want to give it to him. So those are the options. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. Moving to running back, I'm only going to name one option because it's the only option I think that would give the Titans any value at all and it's Devonta Freeman who spent his career with the Atlanta Falcons. Freeman has dealt with a ton of injuries and was cut from the Falcons earlier this offseason but he has the ability to catch out of the backfield. He's a smaller, more explosive back. Maybe the injuries have tainted that explosiveness to a point where he has no value to the Titans, but if the Titans don't get a Jadavian Clowney, they could use a little bit of that cap space, five to six million dollars, secure someone like Devontae Freeman for one season, a one-year deal, and now they have a very solid veteran complimentary back to Derrick Henry to help him split that, and if for some reason Derrick Henry gets banged up, Freeman could carry the load in a way that maybe the Titans don't think a rookie like Evans could, especially with all the time he's missed from in injury. Moving into the cornerback position, our final position where we will look at some veteran free agent options. I don't think this is incredibly likely for the Titans, but want to let you guys know what is out there. And I looked at mostly boundary cornerbacks for the reasons I mentioned
mentioned earlier, Tremont Williams, 199 career games in the NFL, a longtime veteran, most of his career with the Green Bay Packers, but also spent some time with the Browns. Javion Elliott, who is more of a slot cornerback if the Titans want to go that way, and he's still a younger guy, having only four seasons in the NFL, three with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then last season with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, not a standout guy, but a slot option at five foot ten, who the Titans could bring in maybe if they see extended absences from the numerous players injured in the secondary right now. And then some guys who I don't think are a personality fit for the Titans, but could help on the boundary. Brandon Carr, 192 career games with Kansas City, Baltimore, and Dallas. Akeem Tlaib, who, speaking of you know, personality issues. Akeem Tlaib probably fits in that bin, but 148 career games and has been a very accomplished player in his past. Spent time with the Rams most recently. And then Morris Claiborne, who spent time with Dallas, the Jets, and Kansas City. Won a Super Bowl with them last year. Played in 85 games. Still a young guy. Has had some issues, again, with personality and fit in a locker room. But if the Titans need a little bit of of talent that they want to develop a little bit more and see if they can get a little bit more out of a guy. Morris Claiborne could be that option. So that is going to do it for the free agent options, the veteran free agent options that are still on the market for the Titans if they get a little too concerned about any of these injuries. We are going to come back and preview the Jacksonville Jaguars for the 2020 NFL season. you feel like having a laugh. Let's get into our season preview of the Jacksonville Jaguars just to give you, I guess, an update of their offseason so far and kind of where things stand with the Jaguars heading in to 2020. So first off, let's look at the just complete dismantling of their Super Bowl team. The final stroke, I guess you could call it when it comes to the dismantling of that uh, AFC championship team. We saw the Jacksonville Jaguars get rid of Calais Campbell earlier in this offseason when they traded him to the Baltimore Ravens. We also saw them trade cornerback A.J. Bouye to the Denver Broncos. And then here recently, we saw them trade Yannick Ngakwe, the talented edge rusher, to the Minnesota Vikings. And then... And then on Monday, they released former fourth overall pick running back Leonard Fournette. Just cut him. So that is essentially... Oh, not to mention, they traded Nick Foles to the Bears as well a year after signing him. So the Jaguars have basically, like I mentioned, completely dismantled that AFC championship team led by Jalen Ramsey and Blake Bortles. That's funny to say. And they are in the process of whether they want to admit it or not, a complete rebuild. The best case scenario for the Jacksonville Jaguars in this season is completely tanking, bottoming out, and then being able to draft Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, the quarterback, number one overall 
next year. And Vegas agrees. Their over-under on the season is four and a half wins. Now, at this moment in time, I would say over just by one, by five. I think they win five games. It's the NFL, guys. No one's as bad as as you think that they're going to be. NFL teams and NFL players are just far too competitive and each side gets paid. So I don't think the Jaguars are going to be two and 14 or anything like that. But I definitely think four and a half is a great place to put their over-under because I could see them getting four to five wins. That's right where I'm expecting them to be. But taking a look at their team as it sits right now before we talk about when they face off with the Tennessee Titans. So looking at their depth chart, they have some talent at wide receiver. DJ Chark, I think, is an excellent young wide receiver. Chris Conley is a solid third or fourth option. In my mind, they drafted LaVishka Chenault, uh, who is coming out of Colorado, who is expected to be a major weapon whenever they can get him healthy. And then D.D. Westbrook in the slot. But that's not a very good group overall. I mean, Chark is is a solid player, and Chenault could be a solid player, but don't really have much to write home about there. And Tyler Eifert at tight end, not a great group of pass catchers there. And you look at the offensive line, some solid talent in Andrew Norwell, Brandon Linder, uh, Jawan Taylor at right tackle, not terrible, not a terrible offensive line there. AJ Can at right guard and Cam Robinson at left tackle, not terrible. They could they could see some improvement at center, left tackle right guard, but I do like Norwell at left guard. I do like Taylor at right tackle out of Florida, so not a terrible offensive line there for the Jaguars, but certainly not a top half of the league. And then you look at running back and quarterback. Well, Gardner Minshew, I think, is one of the worst starters in the NFL. His personality is fun. His story is fun, but he won't be the quarterback for the Jaguars much longer. And then now that they've released Leonard Fournette, Chris Thompson is a decent pass-catching back, but Rykel Armstead, Divine Ozigbo, nothing to write home about whatsoever there. So can't be too concerned about the Jaguars' offense on defense. Really like their their young defensive lineman and Josh Allen. He's a good edge rusher. Might have been even better than Yannick Ngakwe last year. But other than that, Miles Jack had a very down year. Caleb on chase on as a rookie could have some upside. Joe Schobert is a decent pass coverage linebacker, but nothing special. And their secondary first round pick CJ Henderson could be good. Jared Wilson at safety isn't terrible. Ronnie Harrison, a young safety, has some potential. But Trey Herndon, DJ Hayden, I mean, Taven Bryan's been a bust. Aubrey Jones isn't anything special. Dwayne Smoot? No, I'm, I'm just not concerned about the Jaguars whatsoever. They don't have anything on their roster. And after getting rid of all those de- talented defensive pieces, I mean, the Jaguars are basically the worst roster in the league right up there with, I would say, the, the Washington football team or the New York Jets. So uh, a very bleak spot for the Jaguars. But like I said, best case scenario for them is to tank and to end up with Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback to build around. The Titans play them in Tennessee in Week 2. That has to be a victory. The Titans cannot afford another early season gaffe against the Jaguars like they saw last year. And then in Week 14 in Jacksonville, that should be a great opportunity for the Titans late in the season to secure a win when it matters most. And by that time, the Jaguars should be ready to, to tank out the season, and they should be looking forward to a loss from the Titans by that time. So 
it could be a, a late of the season easy win for the Titans in a game that the Jaguars don't want to win anyway. So that is going to be my season preview of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Before we get into our Titans-related season preview next week, we will finish up the AFC South on Thursday show with the Colts and then finish out Friday with the Texans. So that will be the last segment of the next two shows of the week. But that is going to do it for me for this Wednesday edition and one-year anniversary edition for me on the Locked on Titans podcast. Again, so thankful for all of you that listen every day. Uh, Can't express that enough. Look forward to uh, beating a lot of you in the Locked on Titans Fantasy Football League this year as well. So that is going to do it for me today. I will be back with you guys for another edition of the Locked on Titans podcast tomorrow. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.